Hello everyone and welcome to Alters and Oil Reload. Blah blah blah, my name's Luke and I'm a dummy. Alright, got the man from Snowy River on with me. You, you, <laughs> I mean, you still there? You've not been disconnected by a wild no, koala? No, I haven't been disconnected. I am in a town, but I have been camping. But look, to be fair, I am hotspotting this podcast from my mobile <laughs> in an amenities room. So, fair point, fair point. Well, that's okay, yeah. Overcome, adapt, It et is cetera, Sunday. Everyone's at church today, so it was hard to find open cafes. <laughs> and I am just chilling at home in my favorite chair, living it up, getting ready to go to brunch a little Excellent. later. Excellent. Excellent. This week, we're discussing the Australian Republic. One voter turnout this week. Very good. <laughs> One voter turnout that wasn't either you or me or or our editor. Was no, it, it was me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was you. All right. Well, okay. It's a little less it meaningful, is, is. but whatever. Yes, we are talking an Australian Republic this week. And I also found out the mystery voter, who the mystery voter is. Who's that? It's a secret. Nah. Is it you? Nah, mom? it's um, Justin Mifsud. Ah, yeah, sent yeah. Me, <laughs> I remember seeing that one. He sent me a, uh, a Snapchat saying, I'm the mystery voter. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to see Justin has continued to listen. Uh, excellent. Anyway. Let's dive right in because you've got to free up uh, Oyalt to go organise oh, a venue later on today. Thank so you let's very get much. right into it. Also, with today's topic, I think it is a bit relevant with the recent passing of the Prince. Prince Philip, yeah. P Dog. Well, I mean, I I don't know how relevant he is or that is or anything like that, but I think just for um well how relevant he is to an Australian Republic or anything like that, but just that it's front of mind for a lot of people. They're very aware of the Royals at the moment. Yeah, that's... I suppose that's how it's relevant. That's what I'm saying. It's a good little wedge you can bring up or open up to to discuss this topic because it's like, okay, well, it's in relation to the Commonwealth. And then but people don't understand. Like I was talking to a guy just last night where I'm camping. Oh, there's an arm. Sorry, Holly. Uh, so where we were camping, like it's not you're, you're not doing the editing. It's not your problem anymore. Don't think about it. Don't let it stifle your creative juices. Bro. Yeah, but you've, you're she's going to hear that and edit it. She's in control now. She's the editor. Jump in there and you know insert some stuff. Blah blah blah. My name is Adam Danny. Yeah, pretty much. No, but I was talking to this fellow camper. And he has no idea what a president is, what the Commonwealth is, what a prime minister was. And I was just trying to explain what our podcast was. I'm like, oh, so tomorrow's episode is discussing Australia being a republic. And he's like, oh, I thought we already were. So a lot of people don't know, I think, or even worry about it. Like that's like what you were saying with like the relevance of the royals. Sure, we're still under the Commonwealth, but does it really affect our day-to-day life? I suppose the thing with it is it doesn't really affect our day-to-day life until these extreme moments in history come along or when push comes to shove, like with the Whitlam mm. dismissal. Is that the one, so, you're obviously going to refresh my memory, is that where the Queen comes in and just gets everyone out? So the, the Governor-General, who's the Queen's representative in Australia essentially, has the power to dismiss a government mm-hmm. as long as there's a valid reason for it, blah, blah, blah. It's pretty... It's Complicated, but at the same time, a prime minister has the power to dismiss a um, governor general as well, or request okay. that they be removed. So, what happened in this instance was that the opposition were blocking the budget bills, uh, so the Whitlam government couldn't 
do anything. So what Whitlam wanted to do was hold a half-Senate election and then after that, the government would put the budget bills to the Senate again. If the opposition was still able to block them, then Whitlam planned to do a double dissolution election and resolve mm-hmm. the issue for good, essentially, essentially have a, a, an early election. But the Governor-General, John Kerr, um, had Whitlam dismissed before that could take place, even though he was privy to all that information. So essentially, the Queen's representative, a non-Australian head of state, has dismissed a sitting government despite the fact that they had clear plans to sort of work their way around this sort of inability to pass a budget. One instance of where it was a very important time and that head of state or the government the governor general was able to... Have you done any research? A little bit. Yeah? Yeah, a little bit. And maybe you'd like to jump I, in. <laughs> no, no. Well, I did a presentation on this. Going back year eleven, I think, but it wasn't as as I only got a, a C for it, I think, because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do <laughs> any like solid research. I was just mocking for England <laughs> for the presentation. Yeah, for for the most part, it doesn't affect Australian life because the way we generally operate is as an independent nation. But there's always that sort of thing hanging over our head of that we are technically subjects right. of the the royal family there's a a uk a non-australian is the head of state for us who's largely a ceremonial position but does have some power to wield in situations like this i think yeah. it's probably more complicated than that and you could go a lot into it but i think that's not what we're here to do no it's just more to, i think to give people an understanding of Hey, look, do you, do you realise we are in a Commonwealth? Um, and the, I mean, the the what, we've had two referendums on this recently, in like the last twenty years, I think. So we had a, there was a nineteen ninety nine referendum. So in that, every state except the ACT, which I mean, barely a state, voted no. That no, we don't want to become mm-hmm. a republic. And as a nation, so the, those states had varying degrees of like uh, majority. Yep. As a nation, it was 54% no to 46% yeah. yes. So it was very close. Back in the 1999. So it was yeah. pretty close. But one of the things to note with that one is that the the option being presented them to them was a little bit was a little bit different. What, what do you think of when you think of a republic? What would you think of an Australian republic as? Well, I would say we weren't under the power of the Commonwealth anymore and we were our own governing body or country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who's who is who are we under the power of? Who is governing? I don't know. Would we do a president then? Well, that's the interesting thing. So there are many different varieties of republic. So the question that, or the option that was presented to everyone in the nineteen ninety nine referendum was that we would have a president that was elected by a two thirds majority parliament vote okay. instead of a popular vote. So we elect our parliamentarians, uh, and they elect a president. Okay. How do you feel about that? So probably the good way to start with it is outlining the different types of government probably relevant to us at the moment. So a constitutional monarchy is essentially what we mm-hmm. are at the moment. We're, we're governed by a monarchy, but the monarchy can only exercise power in line with our constitution. Mm-hmm. And then the two main types of republic are a presidential or single executive system or a semi-presidential or dual executive system. So in a presidential system, 
a head of government leads an executive branch, which is separate from the legislative branch. So legislative makes laws and executive carries them out, runs the government, runs departments, things like that. Whereas a dual executive system, there's a head of government, the executive branch, and they exist alongside a head of the legislative branch, which is essentially a prime minister. So those are the most common Mm -hmm. types. So they were proposing a dual executive branch where there's a president elected by the parliament who works alongside a prime minister as well. So my feelings about that is that doesn't really seem to be, it's very much goes hand in hand. Whoever holds the majority in the parliament's going to also generally going to be in control of the president. And if they're choosing who they want to be president, it's just the same people in both branches of government. Do we... Do we need to have those positions though, like uh, a president? Does is that relevant to have a a country leader? So, is it better off to have just ministers for certain certain positions? So you know, you have like the minister of health, minister of finance. So those two examples of government are the most common varieties of republic you'll probably find, or the ones that are most spoken about. That's not to say we have to. There's no yeah. rule book saying that we have to do that. We come up with something completely different. We could combine the two. We could just essentially remove the governor general and the the queen's influence on the country and just have parliament as it is at the moment with the prime minister being the head of state. I think that seems more reasonable or more in in line or or current. I mean, there's also the, uh, from what I'm thinking about it, the looking at what the UK is doing at the moment. I mean, they've done, they've left the EU which is pushing for even Scotland to leave the Commonwealth and join the EU separately. So there could be like that might be something we need to look into as well. How does uh, the UK or England leaving the EU will there be then travel restrictions that reflect to everyone within the Commonwealth? Mm, I don't know if we have any specific travel agreements or special sort of um Mm -hmm. what's the word that i'm looking for allowances with the european union just because we're part of the commonwealth i think those were fairly unique to england and scotland will this affect us is it just going to be like easier for other countries to just you know blanket rule commonwealth countries so is this something we need to look into as a country probably not because everything that we generally do is negotiated or built with the view Mm. of Australia as an independent nation. I mean, that's why before all this, well, before we started talking about this, we're currently in the middle of negotiating a free trade agreement, or I think we might be towards the end of it. I'm not sure how far along we are. A free trade agreement with the UK. So even though we're part of the Commonwealth and we're still governed by a governor general or a non-Australian head of state, we still have to negotiate these things it doesn't give us these automatic ways around or okay. trade agreements things like that so i don't think that's a huge issue for us most of the stuff we negotiate with the world and with the uk um, is as an, a separate entity there might be a certain amount of good faith because we are part of the commonwealth and because mm-hmm. we're subjects of the queen but we're okay. still doing what that do you stuff personally independently think, uh, for australia becoming a republic i think it's a good idea I don't see any issues with it. Most of the stuff that I sort of looked across was that it's not going to have a huge economic impact on us because of the way we've negotiated those things, but at the same time gives us a certain amount of uh, freedom from outside influence. And also 
Probably what I'm more interested in is giving us the opportunity to restructure the way the government functions. And I would look at it as almost an opportunity that putting a a mostly ceremonial head of state, but with some powers in there above the prime minister, almost is like a corruption watchdog. Interesting. So parliament's a a game of cricket and (laughs) the head of state, our president or whatever you want to call it, is the umpire just making sure everything everyone's following the rules? So it's just sort of like the um, is it the councillor in the chamber? Is that what he's called? That person that sits in the in the seat and just yells order. Oh, um, you know the, the I know I know yeah. who you mean, but I don't know what his title is. The name has slipped my head. It's a impartial speaker. The speaker, yes, that's the one. That's just yelling at all the politicians. <laughs> yeah, but I suppose the Speaker, again, doesn't have much power outside of the sitting of Parliament. I mean, they'd have some sway and influence, but I would more propose it as essentially like making ICAC the head of state or some, something like that because just so often we see all these issues with politicians and potential corruption and all they answer to is the people of their own party, essentially. And if their own party supports them, mm. there are very few consequences. Whereas if there was someone above that with the power to point these things out and work against corruption, I think that could be a beneficial thing without changing too much the way we run our day-to-day government. Speaking of the anti-corruption thing, I was just thinking then about the Speaker. Are they affiliated to a party? Do they get to vote? Or is that sort of... I don't actually know. I don't know if they um, are a tiebreaker or if they just have they just sit there to organise and direct things. I don't know what their influence is. Because, I mean, that could be an interesting thing to look at if you've got a speaker that, you know, favours a certain party over... I think they're all involved in politics in one way or another, so they've all got their own leanings and supports in certain areas. But I think once you become the speaker, it's, you've got to be fairly impartial to that. Yeah. But, I mean, they'd still be voting and things like that as well, wouldn't they? Well, no, not if you're the Speaker. I don't think you get a vote if you're the Speaker. No? Oh, no, like like a vote in a general election, but okay. not in yeah. Parliament. That's what I meant. Like, at the general elections, they would have a vote. Oh, you still get to vote and be, like, a citizen mm. and stuff, I think. So they're going to have that. Well, everyone has their biases, don't they, I guess? Yeah, well, everyone's got their biases. And to, to people sort of sitting back, I think we've glossed over the Whitlam thing. I think that in a whole, that is a, an itself, entire yeah. pod in itself. You know, looking over palace letters that were released last year, did the Queen know, did the Queen not know? Did Kerr get the instruction to remove Whitlam or did he act independently? And then there's that whole, was it a CIA thing where they wanted to remove the Labor government and put the Liberals in who would play ball a bit that's a whole separate pod on its own and there's some wild conspiracy <laughs> theories there or maybe not so wild and look we can drive the podcast down that way i mean we're just starting so we're just getting our feelers out you know trying to build up an audience get a, a... but if the people want info wars we'll give them info wars i mean yeah <laughs> the gay frogs the looking glass here people <laughs> The 5G is giving everyone cancer. So um, another sort of thing that sort of sparked this discussion, I didn't know about until I started looking into it. After the Harry and Meghan uh, interview with Oprah, which is just the wildest thing I could imagine. I thought Oprah was done with all this stuff, but she couldn't 
couldn't help herself. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sure she made a tidy supplement. I didn't watch any of it. I've just seen the memes that have been produced and <laughs> get the gist from the memes. <laughs> so after that interview, the ARM, the Australian Republic Movement, revealed that they've got plans to reignite the movement and in the second half of this year put a proposal forward. So how, how they would actually propose we structure a republic. Because one of the big things with the uh, referendum in 1999 was we sort of... the Republic movement was divided down the middle. So there were people who took a minimalist view on it uh, and there were those who took a direct electionist view on mm -hmm. it. So the minimalists thought that a head of state should have minimal influence on government, should be a figurehead elected by parliament, as they sort of suggested, whereas direct electionists were more of the thought that the people should be, uh, there should be a popular vote amongst citizens uh, and they should be electing the head of state and they should be choosing who that is and they should have a, a significant amount of power. So it essentially split the vote where you had direct electionists who didn't agree with the model of republic that was being proposed. So then they were sort of voting no against it rather than going to something they didn't believe in. And it still only just right. failed. True. This is true. Because I, re I remember this was something I was really into because I wanted to be a republic when I was like 16, 17 sort of thing. But it was mainly just because I didn't like the mm -hmm. idea of a monarchy. I thought it was, you know, outdated. We need to move forward and create our own, you know, country, our own flavor, you know. And I, I, was, I was more, I think, going on the creative side of things. So, you know, redesigning the flag, new national anthem that sort of stuff but i was I, I really wanted to do another referendum for this because it was so close last time and i just felt it was just like the a few older people that were left that weren't voting for it so i was just like you know just let them pass over and then you know we'll be able to modernize and get the vote through yeah and that's probably a fair point it's been you know 22 years since we did our last referendum on this monarchists are generally in an, an older demographic uh, I was just going to say, I was going to say the last one was the the marriage vote, but that was a plebiscite, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a little bit different. Yeah. What's the, do you know the difference? Uh, I think, I believe a plebiscite is not legally binding or not. Uh, yes, no, you, I think that's The right. government's not bound by that to take yeah. any action, whereas with a referendum, you are bound yes. to take action based on the outcome. Okay. Which is just dumb. Why <laughs> yeah. even have a website? It's just like an opinion poll, really. Just put a poll on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although from our experiences, they don't go that well. <laughs> Look, not to you know downplay our influence, but I think the government might have a few more followers on Twitter than us. <laughs> maybe, maybe just just a tiny, tiny little bit. And take the Russian hackers out of it, you know, completely. Yeah, true. Like, well, well, it's open to everyone. What's the point of even having us? All, all the bots gone. Yeah, if there's what's got 7 billion votes and there's only 25 million Australians. It's like, yeah, okay, we might need everything. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so so that's going to be very interesting to see what the ARM puts forward, what their suggestion is for the structure of our republic or what they deem to be the best option for a republic because it's got to be something practical that's going to win bipartisan support parliament mm -hmm. it's got to be something that is popular amongst people and can be implemented because you got to the first thing is you got to win the vote you might have a 
great system, but if it's not uh, supported in Parliament, I mean, it just makes it that much harder to make any progress with it. This, that, yeah, that's true. You can't just... I've got nothing to add to that. You're spot on. Yeah, I, gen- I generally nail it. I'm pretty, <laughs> you nailed pretty that one. fucking great. You, you are pretty good. Um, also, I was just looking at... Have you seen... I don't know where you've... Actually, I do know where you've done your research, but have you looked at the Wikipedia page on this? I think I looked at it... Uh, Briefly, but didn't cite anything on there. Anything. I was just looking at uh, the, the uh, public opinion polls for it, for mm-hmm. staying a republic or a monarchy, and they've got different firms that have run it. But it's just like the most recent one, one was in March 2021, so just a month ago, and one was in January 2022. So the March one was run by a firm called... So January 2022? Sorry, 2021. One's from the future? Yes. <laughs> One is from the future. I'm sorry, which firm is that? Sorry, uh, that's the Skynet firm. Skynet Incorporated. <laughs> yes, they've uh, run this poll. No, so we had a central for March and Ipsos, IPSOS. Yep. IPSOS. Yep, in January. And it's just interesting to see the but like the percentages or the tra- the change. And I'm wondering what demographics or who they're interviewing. And I, I think that's interesting with statistics as well. They always just chuck out the percentages. They don't give you, you know. Total number? Yeah, where we've been at and who they've asked the questions to. And like, So wait, what, were the, what, what were the results? So there was the one in January and the one in March. So the one in March for Republic, 48%. For staying a monarchy, 28%. And then 25% undecided. And then, and then a certain percentage voted for South Park? Yes. <laughs> and then the January one, though, so the Republic's dropped down to 34%, and then the monarchy's at 40%, whereas Undecided pretty much stayed the same, but it's just an increase of 1% at 26%. So I'm just curious as to where... So, that like, from March to January, they've had that much of a swing, you know? Polling's a bit of a... A dead science almost. I mean, you saw with the US elections, the last two elections, you know, the first one said, oh, Trump's going to get obliterated, Hillary's going to win it, and then, yep. boom, that happened. And then the next ones was, all right, now we mean it this time, Biden's got it, Trump's, you know, really mucked things up, no one's supporting him anymore, and then, boom, no one tells pollers or people yeah, what true. their are. <laughs> why would you? Why would you voice your opinion or your belief if you're just going to get you know, called a bigot or shouted down or made to feel dumb. And how many people just make things up or say the complete opposite just to skew the polls? Yeah, probably. <laughs> just yeah, it's you. You don't know until it's, it's what until the fat lady sings, do you? And it's like it's like with it's like with people not wanting to be creative online or in general anymore. Why would you put yourself out there and make yourself vulnerable? When you've got all these SJWs and social justice yeah. warriors um, and trolls out there just ready to tear you down if they can for no reason. They've not done anything with their life, but you're trying to do something with yours and they just want to, you know, lack out for whatever reason. The cancel culture behind it. Why, why would you do anything like that? Why would you let anyone, a stranger, know your opinion on something? This is, this is true. Have, did, you, did you see recently John Cleese apologised to all the white people? Yeah, <laughs> saw that after Hank Azaria yes. apologised about up. Yes, I mean, I don't know how do you, what do you? That's an, I guess that's another that could be another topic for another episode. Cancel culture. I mean, SJWs. We might face this. 
in the future? I mean, and I've I've seen YouTubers that have gone back because you you've got the people that are getting attacked by tweets they did ten years ago, mm-hmm. or YouTubers from videos they did ten years ago. I've seen YouTubers that have just gone through their archives and deleted all these videos and then making like apology videos. I don't know. I think you just got to stand your ground and lash back out at people. I think you got to <laughs> go go through each and every comment and ask them. Why are you so bitter? What made you this way? Or like, what have you done with your life? Do you need a hug? That's all it is. Or, or you just don't engage and you just ignore it. And another option, you hire some local <laughs> toughs or some muscle in every city <laughs> and them get up. them to track these people down. <laughs> Give them some consequences for their online actions. <laughs> that's, a, that's not a bad business model. That's not a bad idea. Our agents can go and give them a hard time. Just on what they do, what they have done, and just go through their history. Not nothing sinister, like you know, <laughs> gluing mailboxes shut, and then just nail them for that. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much of it is bots as well. That's an even better idea. Send it to their parents. What what can bots do exactly? I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I have found some cool ones that post like stories every hour. So they'll tweet a story about a theme. And it just every hour generates this story and I get pissed off at them because I'm like, your writing is better than mine and you're just a dumb bot. <laughs> I just, that's it, log it off. And I found... What's that? that what's that, that line from um, I, I, Robot? You know, can a, can a robot compose a symphony? Can a robot make a beautiful piece of art? And a robot, can you? Yeah, but also, yes, they can. <laughs> and I've even had a, a, a program, right? where you just put in a topic and then you literally just type rubbish. So you just type rubbish letters A, Z, Y, and it turns them into words and it just writes whatever you want. Well, firstly, all letters are beautiful. Okay, (laughs) hashtag don't hate. But that's, that's pretty wild. It was crazy. And it's like a coherent sentence it yeah, puts together? Yeah, it was, it was full on writing. I, I'll try and find it. It was full on writing this sent like a paragraph it was just writing it out for me and i was my cat wrote a book just get it walking on keyboards yeah you probably could do that that's actually that'd be really cool and then you could illustrate it because everybody loves cats and then you could sell it as a book that a cat wrote i think we're onto something there uh nobody will edit this part out and then let's go make a cat book (laughs) i just got my girlfriend from the uh, other room mentioning the you know the simpsons with mr burns and the thousand monkeys working yes. with a thousand typewriters <laughs> it was the best of times it was the blurst of times <laughs> uh, that's a twitter poll i'm doing later today best simpsons episode because we reference it constantly we do we do it's just there it's easy and it's relatable everyone's watched it yeah what does he say? It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. This is like, you stupid yeah. monkey. <laughs> and that was the union episode. That was the union oh. episode of The Simpsons. Oh, so what are we going to be quoting next week? It's, good. it's back to the boot episode next week. Oh, it's just a little kick in the bum. <laughs> right, lads, let him have it. Uh, classic Simpsons. Speaking of throwbacks to other episodes, has someone officially gotten on board with the crypto? Well, I mean, I looked at it. I haven't <laughs> got on board yet. <laughs> Although that Dogecoin was looking pretty attractive. I mean, it's gone up a bit. It has. You may have already missed the boat on that, though, because what is it now? Like, it's gone up from fractions of a cent to now it's like 30 cent 
a coin. It's uh, currently trading at 39 cents a coin, but they said the same thing about Bitcoin and it just kept going up. So I don't know why you wouldn't, you know. Yeah, but I think you've missed the boat to possibly make squillions off it. Oh, true. But you could still... Well, I think you can still make squillions off it, but the, the investment was almost minimal. True. I mean, yeah, it's getting to the point where it's... Not as minimal, yeah, because it's going up, obviously. Well, I mean, obviously. 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 Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with that. <laughs> I'm assuming you got on board? Oh, I got on board in January. Yeah, did you get on board heavily or? Uh, or responsibly? Let's say semi, semi-responsibly. Uh, financially secure enough to do that. So that's responsible. Okay. Aren't you living in your van in the bush at the moment? Yes, to save money. <laughs> I guess I don't have to pay rent I don't have to pay electricity, water, gas Oh, sorry, I'm speaking of uh, money though One thing I forgot to mention When we were talking about, you know The arrangements that might change If Australia would have become a republic mm-hmm. You know, what does it mean for entry into the EU For travellers, blah, 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 blah I forgot to mention that It's also probably in our It's not, in, not only in our best interest But the UK's best interest To avoid as little change to a lot of those things Or a lot of impact to that as possible. Again, which is why we probably negotiate a lot of this as independent entities or independent of the monarchy. Uh, in 2018 and 19, the UK was our seventh largest trading partner and the second best source of foreign investment for us. So they're a okay. major sort of, we're major financial um, economical partners. So they'd probably want to be making any transition that we make as smooth as possible. And that's another thing we would have to redesign, the money. Yeah. Yeah, they can't afford another Brexit at the moment. <laughs> you can't be doing that twice. But when they... Oh, you, what would you have on our dollars? Well, or, originally when I did the... Or could we go ruples? Did the... Ooh. Well, I like dinkums. Dinkums. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was an option when they said, what are we, what are we going <laughs> to... Give me five dinkums, you'd say. <laughs> that was the option when they bought out. They were asking, what do you want to make our currency? And dinkums was one of them. Or I suppose, but the thing is, we don't need to, we don't necessarily need to change no, a lot but, of that oh, stuff. You, you, would, you would take the queen's head off there, obviously. That wouldn't make any sense. Uh, maybe draw a mustache on her. Like if you're drawing <laughs> over a painting. <laughs> the queen with a mustache. <laughs> Like you, maybe you, any new stuff that's pressed maybe has a new design or doesn't have any uh, Commonwealth reference or the Queen on there. But it, it doesn't mean that you, all of a sudden all your old stuff has to become invalid. It doesn't have to be a, an immediate transition. No, it can gradually. be. But we can vote on it. Like, oh, I also like the term dollary dues. Yeah, that one was really popular. It'll end up being like Mc, McMoney, Mc, <laughs> money face or something. I don't see. I don't think we need to change it. And I don't think we will change anything. Oh come on, that'll be five dinkums. What would the change be? A dink, like the cents? No, nah, we'll. I reckon we'll just keep it as dollars. We'll keep everything the same. Everything's changing though. The, I think the most recent one I can think of is, and this is like a social justice one as well, is the coon cheese. Get your cheese. Get your coon cheese. It's uh, cheers now. Didn't the guy who sort of spearheaded that campaign say he was eyeing off another thing as well? Probably. It's Cheers now, yeah. which I don't mind. I think that's kind of a nice name, actually. Oh, that's right. They want to change something to do with the Carlton Footy Club. Oh, okay. What does he want to change about it, though? Uh, oh, he wants to change the club song, saying it's one of the most racist songs of all time. So I don't actually 
What is this? We are the Navy Blues. That is enough of that. <laughs> we will let our our listeners decide if they want more singing from me. No, just the Carlton song. Oh. I'm not doing that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, fair enough. Yeah, so um, I'm sorry. I just went down a rabbit hole trying to find what he was trying to change. That's now. all right. What were we talking about? Uh, we were on Dinkums, Dollary Doos, Social Justice Warriors, Coon Cheese. Yeah, so 100 dinks to a dinkum. Yeah. But then we just keep it as that. It doesn't, once it hits 100 dinkums, become anything else. We could make it a crypto. Maybe it could be 100 dinks to a dollary do <laughs> and 100 dollary do's to a dinkum. Because cryptos don't have cents, do they? they? They just get decimal. Yeah, you can have like half a crypto, I think. Point, yeah, and things like that. I, I, something like that. So that doesn't really – we'd have to settle on one name if we were doing a crypto currency for our new republic. Our new galactic republic. Yeah. Well, I also – I remember I coined the term Jedident, which is like a cross between a Jedi and a president, and that would be the new leader. And I think that fits in with the galactic republic. I think that's very exclusivist of you because, I mean, so you're saying only a Jedi could be the president? No, no, no. no that's the title. This, you, you become that when you get elected. Well, you get a midichlorian injection or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, all right, as long as you've thought it through. But how do we then remove that person from office if they're a Jedi? They can just stay forever. You've made a dictator. <laughs> I may be a Sith Lord. <laughs> just get on, they just get on TV and do some Jedi mind tricks and boom, all forgotten. You've just revealed my... My long, my long plan, the long game. I've just Scooby Dooed you. Now let's see who's behind this mask. Palpatine. Ah, what, what do you? Th- what would be your ideal form of government? How do you think we should structure it? I've sort of put out there that we should have our head of state is essentially a independent corruption watchdog. I don't know how they would be elected or how you could ensure that they remain independent. But it's that whole animal farm thing, isn't it? Like who polices the police? The police. That doesn't work. They have a separate police within the police to police the police. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, then... Sting. Get Sting to do it. It, it just goes around in that vicious sort of circle, doesn't it? Yeah. Disregarding what I said, what do you think is the... Oh, yeah, it's my opinion. What is um, your ideal form of government? Oh, that's a lot of pressure. I don't have an... Well, I, I, I think what we've got now is, is good, but... but I've heard I've heard people throw out the notion of removing the Senate to just free up Parliament to make all the changes they want a bit easier and quicker. Okay. I suppose the idea with that being that you get a real idea of what a party wants to do because they're able to do it quickly and effectively. I've heard some people say, you know, if <laughs> they're saying it in like a almost sarcastic way, I don't know what the word would be, like if the Liberals were allowed to do what they wanted to do as quickly as they wanted to do it, they wouldn't get another term ever again sort of thing or they'd get voted out. <laughs> so what, we should just do that so we can rip the band-aid off sort of thing? Well, I mean, it's not necessarily from that standpoint. It might do that or it might not do that. Who knows? Well, if they can do what they want to do overtly without having to be subverted about it, maybe it would be good stuff. I, I don't know. True. All I'm just saying is that that's an option, removing the Senate and just having a parliament. Does that, though, also create dangers of them creating rules where they can stay in power and then we lose our democracy. Maybe. you got to build safeguards into this stuff, yeah. Yeah. 
It's a, it's a, it's a good one. I kind of like the because what what do we have at the moment? What's it called for our voting? Counting counting votes or <laughs> yeah, a preferential system. Yeah, yeah, and you 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 do the num the the numbers and then it it goes that way and then it follows that like a cascading effect through the numbers. Is that the best way to explain? I don't know what the best way to explain it is. I couldn't explain the preferential system to you in detail if I just wanted to now, but it's essentially something along those lines. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of, for us, let's say, not necessarily a certain style of republic, but if we did go in that direction, I think we're becoming too Americanized. So it might be refreshing for us to create our own sort of... Uh, you want to do a Russian system? We're not even our own Australian sort of thing. Yeah, that's the thing. We can do what we want. Like we can be creative with it. We're not sort of we we're not held to any international standard of what sort of republic we should do. We can be creative if we want. I think we should stay the hell away from a two-party preferred system. Mm-hmm. I yep, think that absolutely that divides people more than anything. And I think we should be proud of the uniquenesses of all different individuals because i feel that's very much in line with how nature works nature's just like all right i'm going to do this for your dna and then this for your dna this is a very basic description and we'll see how we go will you survive or will you survive it's a natural or political selection yeah sort of thing well no I, i just think that needs to be more broadcast or advertised in society so it, it, it might ease like tensions between racism and things like that so, so sort of eliminate those sort of ideal ideologies because they're the way nature works is it creates a whole variety of different things to encourage survival and uh flourishing i guess so I suppose you've sort of touched on something a little bit there. One of the dangers of having an individual as a head of state, people tend to attribute ideologies and beliefs to individuals and mm. it's a rallying point or it's a, uh, well, a rallying point for and against. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, Whereas I suppose having a council or organisation as your head of state overseeing things maybe eliminates those I like risks. that. I like the idea of, you know... You then have a representative from each demographic, I guess, that comes forward to form the council or... Or perhaps those things are put to the people. I mean, I'm probably stealing from... I think it was an episode of uh, The Orville where there's a society and all everything is voted on using smartphones. Okay. Like every decision at the government level, criminal level... You, everyone's got an app and they vote for and against things. You just get a text message. Does this person deserve the death penalty? Yes, no. Oh, well, I suppose you don't necessarily need to <laughs> go that specific. <laughs> well, you don't need to message people, but it's people can be involved in the political process as they want. And that sort of eliminates that. Have you heard, I think it was someone in the UK saying, people should have to pass an IQ test to be able to vote. Well, I think this way would give everyone the option to be able to be involved in the process. You be as involved as you want and vote on everything or be involved in everything that you want and the more willing you're the more time you're willing to put into it, the more influence you have over those things. I think IQ tests are quite uh, irrelevant as well. Yeah. And was just saying you could compare that to the US where voting is optional. You're not mandated True. to vote. 
I, I like that as well. I don't think you should be, or I don't think you should get forced to, or you should get fined to, for not voting. If there's no one that represents how you feel politically, why should you vote for anyone? Well, maybe that should be an option in an election that you there's a box for you don't feel represented. And if a certain percentage of voters tick that box or select that option, we have the time between elections or something like like there has to be a mandatory election in a year to see if people's opinions have changed on that thing. Big box just says, you're all shit, fuck off. Yep, redo, mulligan. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, no, you brought up something I that I wanted to discuss. Stuff. It was relevant with the uh, Switzerland. Switzerland do something very similar to what we were discussing with, you know, everyone gets a text message. So they send out a pamphlet every three months or four months, I think it is, with yeah. all the issues that are being discussed in their parliament or politics or however they're running their government, and everyone votes. Or you, you get the option to vote on all the uh, topics. Yeah, see, that's cool. Or may, And even if you don't want to do it by paper, I mean, that could be an almost like a work for the doll type thing where once every few months people who are on uh, job seek or unemployment benefits, if they're available man polling booths or something yeah that's a, not a bad idea because um brown my old housemate he's half mm. swiss so every couple of months he gets sent the voting pamphlet to fill out it's a brown swish swiss mushroom so wait, they wait they send them all the way to him in australia yeah that's mad he's a citizen there so he has rights this election could have been an email. Uh, we all know it. <laughs> we didn't need a meeting. This could have been an email. <laughs> and I, the interesting thing, though, I think uh, you probably designate what language you wanted in Italian, French, or German because that's the the languages there. So every like sign you go past is pretty much in three languages. Seems to be very profitable to be a sign writer over there. Uh, my ex Andrea worked for one of the printers over there, and I got to meet him. He's a very rich man. Um, Don't doubt it. He, I'm pretty sure he owned all the printing in Switzerland except for, like, one other company, so he wasn't a monopoly. Yeah, very rich man. <laughs> bought me a, when I wasn't a vegetarian, bought me a, I think it was the equivalent of a $180 meal. Just, Ooh, and just, that's, that's a lot yeah, of hot dogs. And just paid for it. Just bang, yep, there you go. And that was just the meal. There was also wine, dessert, and other stuff. And he probably was won't like, be rich that long. Rich people don't give away their money. <laughs> well, he seemed to be. I think. No, I think. You know, what's the the generation thing? The first one makes all the money. The second one maintains it, and then the third one spends it. Spends it. Yeah, I think he was like the first one. So. He seemed to know what he was doing. I don't know. I could be talking out my ass. <laughs> I just had I just had a delicious meal. Maybe he's trying to get you into bed. Maybe I had a deli- well. We had a children and stuff, but I mean, I guess that doesn't matter. And Andrea was with me at the time. <laughs> Andrea was with me at the time. Maybe he was trying to get all through, all of us into bed. Got to have a hobby. <laughs> Got to have a hobby. I think this could be it. You can go have your brunchy lunchy. I could, but first I've got a artist shout-out. Ooh, here we go. What have we got? So my artist shout-out for this week is Aaron Apsley. So okay. he does uh, botanical art, lots of watercolours. 
Oh, that's cool. You can check him out on his website, aaronapsley.com. Check out the prints, original paintings, stickers. He's even got some masks going. So cotton masks for obviously the pandemic with his prints on there. Organic cotton? Yeah, so aaron, absolutely.com. Aaron. Oh, we'll chuck a link in the description. What? Um, how did you discover Mr. Sorry, it, um, I tried. I tried looking for it. I don't know if I tried looking for it last week or the week before. I couldn't find the photo. I took a photo of one of his works with the details on it. I'm at a local uh, nursery, just mm-hmm. looking around for plants. They had a lot of those on the wall. Uh, so yeah, that's okay. how I came across it. I thought it looked really cool. Nice. Speaking of artists, have you been to Portland before? Probably. Uh, I, I Portland. I went here when I was like 14 or 12, and I didn't remember. But then I saw there's a big mural down on the marina. And I was like, oh, that's where Dad got pulled over by the police. I have been here before. Plastic grain. <laughs> he got out of that one. Of course, course. he just, yeah. pulled the Pulled the policeman card. Yep. <laughs> Solidarity, brother. Yeah, that's the one. But, like, it, it's not the town I was expecting. You know, I was expecting all these rough, burly sailors because it's a port town. Portland, yeah. Right, in, the, in the name. All these ships and stuff. Lots of art here. Lots and lots of little boutique art shops and cool little woodworks and all these nice arty things that are going on. So that's really cool. So if you're into that sort of thing and you want a nice little family holiday, it's a pretty nice town. We saw a seal yesterday on the beach. They've got the seal harbour. I think you go out there and go on the boat and check out the seals. And I think they have the uh, the whales down here when it's whale season. So your artist shout out is the town of Portland? Yeah, pretty much. I don't have an artist shout out. I just wanted to bring up, I'm seeing a lot of cool, nice art here. So if you want to get away, you know, it's the, I guess it's like the town in between Adelaide and Melbourne for when you're going to, if you're doing the, if you're doing the drive to Adelaide or Melbourne, either way, you, you probably stop off in Portland along the coast. Yeah. Very good. Well done. <laughs> good for Portland. There you go. One whole town. Well, I think that's, um, that's us done for the week. Keep an eye out at, um, Oyalt 2 for any upcoming shows that Oyalt's got planned? Yes. Uh, Fuck the Zuck should be out soon, very soon. I've got one of those posters hanging up on my wall at the moment. Nice. And keep an eye on our Twitter page, at and Oyalt, for updates and the chance to vote on what our next topic is. Speaking yes. of which, any ideas on next topic? I'm running this week. Yeah, I'm running the poll, aren't I? Uh, internet privacy? Again, of course. We haven't had that yet, have we? No, we haven't done it yet, no. So internet privacy, uh, what else have we had or haven't had? Uh, Murdoch Royal Commission. Yeah, I think that's a good one. We could go into Whitlam if people want to yep. deep dive into that one. We could take opposing points of view, conspiracy theorist versus <laughs> Australian history book theorist. Yeah, that sounds good. I was thinking of one during the week. What's the best breed of dog? Uh, they're all good. Um. <laughs> You've passed the test. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, damn. I was thinking of one during the week. I've completely forgotten it. I can't remember what it was. I might have to shoot you a sneaky message later once I finally remember it. This is what it is. That's all right. We'll, we'll come up with something. It's not that hard. No, it's not that hard. It is at the moment, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to sign off. So my sign off, see you suckers. That's what you get. We'll see you soon, Oyalt. And as always, everyone, stay safe and stay informed.